This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. We've been considering several Bible basics recently and at the moment we're doing a little theme of three which is a description of the Bible being a book full of something. And Last week you dealt with hope, this week we're dealing with joy and next week God winning will be uh, love. So the Bible a book full of joy. Yes there are quite a few references in the scriptures to the word joy. In fact, we can find there are at least 180, 158 references in 150 verses in the New King James Version as a start. So there's a reasonable number of references to joy in the Bible. When we come to look at its original meaning, we find there are a lot of different meanings to the word joy. And we are told there's something like 25 different Hebrew words, which is the Old Testament rendering, and something like 10 Greek words in the New Testament. So the words in scripture used for joy have a lot of different sort of meanings so to try and provide one which covers every definition is somewhat of a difficulty if we were asked what would most people say joy is all about they would probably reply something like happiness that type of thing or delight maybe contentment or even rejoicing and all these things probably would be embraced in the idea of joy. But to pick the one that probably is the most popular, which would be happiness, that's what we think about joy, happiness, um, there is a subtle difference. Because happiness is tied to our circumstances, whilst joy is not necessarily let me illustrate what I'm trying to say there because um, to be happy is usually something that occurs that makes us happy. Now, if we turn to uh, the epistle of James in the New Testament and the first chapter, this is just to illustrate the difference that there is about this word. Um, if we read in verse 3... Um, or two and three, we find, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, now, if you read those verses, <laughs> we certainly wouldn't say that happiness is the same as joy, because James is saying we've got to count it joy when we fall into temptation. And when we fall into temptation, we could hardly describe that as joy. But what he's really getting at is that joy comes when we're faced with temptations 
and our faith overcomes those. So you see, happiness is not necessarily the same thing as joy, because we wouldn't equate happiness with trials. So that's one differential thing we've got to, to, to see from this. But joy does come from gladness in the Lord. Gladness in the Lord. That's what it's all about. But sometimes these words are interchangeable. But we're trying to concentrate our minds on the word joy. What I would say is that I think joy is more of an emotion than an experience, if you like. Um, it's acquired, if you like. If you look at the definition of joy in, in a, a dictionary as, as opposed to the scripture, you, you find it says um, it's acquired by the anticipation or expectation of something great or wonderful. Now, that's a very lofty a definition of joy, isn't it? It's the expectation and anticipation of something great and wonderful. And that's what we find when we think about joy in the New Testament particularly, but in the scriptures generally. Joy is not uh, usually um, a permanent possession, whilst ha joy is normally a permanent possession, whilst happiness can be fleeting it can be off and on and the definition of joy that the world holds is not necessarily uh, as amazing as biblical joy because joy in the bible is a gift from god there's a chorus from an old spiritual song actually that says happiness happens but joy abides and that's quite a good definition, if you like. Now, all this preamble shows the complexity of understanding the joy of Scripture, the joy of the Bible. It's a quality which belongs to the Christian life, something that's deep, something that's profound, something that affects the whole of our personality. So... With that, let's get into the Bible, a book of joy. Is it really a full book of joy? Well, I, it's probably not full because of, uh, of the number of words in Scripture, and there are, just for a matter of interest, 783,137 words in Scripture. There is, as I've already said, about 150 that's got joy. So, in a sense, the Bible isn't full of joy in terms of the number of references to the word joy. Now, those figures will change slightly depending on the version that you use. But you can see from that picture that it's a relatively small number, but it has a huge impl implication in Scripture. Let's have a look, because it's the whole message of Scripture that's full of joy, the whole message. Let me, let me try and sort of illustrate that with some references. Let's turn back from Isaiah 35 to Isaiah chapter 11. Now, Isaiah is one of the major prophets in Scripture, and of course, he has a lot to prophesy, a lot to tell us about the future, and a lot of the Bible concerns uh, a kingdom, a future time. 
when the Lord Jesus will return. But let's just have a look at chapter 11, and I'm just going to pick up one verse. And here we find that the word joy is not found. But let's read that verse. And it's verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, if that's not something that's a time of great joy, I, I don't know what is, although we don't find the word there. Now, the chapter is all about a prophecy about a time when, for example, in verse 6, the wolf would dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, etc. Um, and then they go on to talk about not hurting and destroying. That's a glorious time when you think about the life that we now have to live. We live in a time of great trouble and distress. There's knife crime. There's, there's all sorts of things going on. And yet, the prophet is saying there's a time when the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Clearly not a time that's not come, a time that's not yet come, a time that must be future, therefore. And we look with joy. It's an emotion. It's a great feeling within you to think there's a great time in front of those who follow uh, the scripture message. Now, that's not an isolated verse, friends, because that verse or something very similar uh, is used five times in Scripture. This is the joy of the Scripture, and we find it in the context of the chapter. Now, joy is often associated with hope, which I know was dealt with last week. And the two, in a sense, go together because we hope for the joy. We hope for the joy. Hope is something future. Has to be future, otherwise it's not hope. So, it starts where? Well, I suggest one starting point, and a good starting point, is in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 deals with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we read there about the shepherds and so forth, uh, when he was born and we read in verses 8 to 11 and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. What did the angel say? I bring you good tidings of great joy. Let's have a look at those verses just for a moment in a bit more detail. The angel says good tidings in verse 10. We might call that um, the gospel message because that's what that means. Good tidings, good news. It's the gospel message. Uh, and so the angel is saying to these shepherds, I'm bringing you a message of good news. 
a message of good news, a message of great joy. And, and notice to whom they are addressed. It's to all people, he says. I bring you great joy, which shall be to all people. So this wonderful gospel message, this good news, is available to everybody. The fact that not everybody accepts it is not because of God. They have the opportunity, but many decline to do it. And then it goes on to say in verse 11, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. A Saviour, someone who is able to save. And that's Christ the Lord. And this is the wonderful message that the angel brings of great joy. This is the joy of the Bible. And the work of the Lord Jesus in doing all of this. In another passage in scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9, don't need to turn to it. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what he's done. He doesn't want any of us to ignore him. He wants us all to come to salvation. And he says that Jesus is the one through whom we can obtain salvation. Now that's joy. That's wonderful because he will save us. The fact that we can get salvation or deliverance if you like. A saviour, a great joy. Now Jesus was crucified. He led a life of 33 years roughly. And he was preaching for three of those years. And the record of that preaching is in the gospel record. But he was put to death and he was crucified. But he also rose from the death and will return to this earth again to reward those who have followed him. Turning to the gospel record of John and chapter 17, this is the joy. And in verse 3 it says, John 17 verse 3, and this is life eternal this is life eternal this is the importance of that reference you know we're not talking about something quite simple this is a salvation which can be life eternal that they may know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent so we're building a picture of this great joy and hope of course as well that Jesus came into the earth to give us salvation and he will come back again to provide that salvation and to those who found worthy life eternal it's a whole subject that's different to this one but nevertheless shows the importance and if you listen to these uh, talks then you will understand that we do give lots and lots of talks about that very thing so here we go let's let's have another little look at john's record this time in verse 11 of chapter 15 so it's back a couple of pages and verse 11 um it, it's all about the vine uh, and jesus is likened to the vine and there's a lot of um, encouraging words there but at the end of it and he's talking to his disciples and at the end of that little dissertation in verse 11 he says these things have I spoken unto you 
that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. What does he mean by that? Well, he's talking about these things, not just those things about the vine, but the things that we have recorded here in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospel records. These are the things that he's spoken to them. And he had great joy in that, that, that joy, uh, his joy, might remain in them and us, of course, as well. So Jesus, despite all the suffering and problems that he encountered whilst he was preaching the gospel, he nevertheless was full of joy. And that's not surprising. And it was the things that Jesus spoke. In the record in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, we don't need to turn to it, but we read from a child. Thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Let's just dissect that, shall we? You have known the holy scriptures. That's the Bible as we know it now. They're able to make us wise unto salvation. Why do they do that? Because they're about the Lord Jesus, amongst other things. And he, at his birth, was to be the saviour. So there's the salvation, and the record tells us about him. And that's the only way we'll understand the salvation, because it's through faith. We have to read it, we have to understand it, and we have to act upon it. And that faith is in Christ Jesus. So you can see the connection with the joy and the saviour. And the time when he comes. The word of God, the Bible, is our answer. No mention of joy is there in, in some of those. But it's full of joy, isn't it? Because it's all about being saved. Being the, given the opportunity of eternal life. The joy that we read about in the Bible is not only about the joy that we can experience, we also read about the joy of God and his Son. And in Luke chapter 15, still in the New Testament Gospel records, we read of that, Luke chapter 15, and verse 7 and 10. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now this is the story that Jesus was taught giving to the Pharisees uh, and scribes, the parable about the hundred sheep and one is lost. Uh, and he says, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. And that's, it is, go down to verse 10, says the same. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And that's what God wants. He can experience joy because a sinner has repented. He or she has repented because of the great joy of the coming of that kingdom, which we believe is, is very close but that's the joy. God experiences that joy, and we can too. We want to turn to a passage now 
first, of first epistle of Peter and chapter 1 it's a chapter which is quite helpful in many respects because it's bringing together uh, some of the things that we have been talking about so far and it's the very first chapter of the first epistle of Peter and we're going to read some verses there from verse 3 to verse 9 and then we'll have a look at what it's actually saying verse 3 blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love in whom though now ye see him not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory what's he saying he's talking about the lively hope or a living hope which no doubt was mentioned last week so it's blessed be the Lord Jesus Christ which according to his great mercy has given this opportunity of this hope by his resurrection it says fulfilled in joy of course later on to an inheritance incorruptible which means a change of nature if you like and undefiled which means a change of character that's what's going to happen that's why we have to repent and that's amongst the things that are expected and in verse 5 it talks of the power of God how? through faith in, unto salvation just what Timothy was saying same sort of thing all about that wonderful time and the wonderful work of the Lord Jesus Christ and then it goes on in verse 7 about the praise and the glory and in verse 8 finally the time the rejoicing with joy unspeakable we didn't do verse 9 at that time but rejoicing the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls and that's it that's a lovely picture isn't it of a time of joy joy un un sorry unexpressible and glorious a wonderful time that's what the diagot calls it inexpressible and glorious if we go over the page to 1 Peter chapter 4 we have another example of it in verse 13 we read there but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed ye may be glad also with exceeding joy as Christ suffered we may suffer but it's in the context of the glorious conclusion of these things when Jesus returns and he is glorified as king over all and in the meantime we fix our mind on our Lord Jesus Christ and his father 
and we are able to rejoice in that same way. So let's have a look a bit more now at that chapter which we had read because that's the chapter that's full of joy. It's there in Isaiah chapter 35. Chapter 35 of Isaiah. And it's got lots of things there. How interesting it should be said. In verse 1, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. That's a strange thing, isn't it? The wilderness, desert, rejoicing and blossoming. If ever of you have flown over the Sahara Desert, if you go into South Africa or something like that, you'll see how big it is. It's, it's immense. You're flying over it for hours. Yet here we say the desert's going to blossom as the rose. So clearly something that's future, that with that we, we're sure. And then we read about uh, in verse 5, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the death shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out in streams in the desert, and the parched ground shall become a pool. I mean, these are things that are obviously about the future, and they're full of joy, because it's a wonderful time when the world will be changed. It doesn't say about joy, but that's what it's all about, isn't it? And so we could keep on going down that chapter. And then we get to verse 10, the last verse. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So this, this wonderful time of which the prophet is talking about, which has clearly not happened yet, he's saying the ransomed of the Lord. Ransomed means redeemed um, or purchased with a price. There's a corresponding verse, uh, we won't look at it, but there's another corresponding verse in 51st chapter of Isaiah, which instead of saying ransom says redeemed but they they mean the same same thing so the redeemed of the lord shall return and come to zion or come to jerusalem with everlasting joy upon their heads and arguably friends that's the only time we'll really get the total fulfillment of the joy in the bible when we come with that everlasting joy those who are given life eternal and they shall obtain joy and gladness you see there is a difference between joy and gladness they, they go together i know but then we will enjoy joy and gladness and that's the real joy of the scriptures now there's another psalm this time psalm 72 which speaks about the same uh, time psalm 72 talks about a king and we have to just say to you please accept they're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ when he is king over the earth and when he comes back a few verses from there verse 4 he shall save the children of the needy and break in pieces the oppressor verse 7 
In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. Verse 12 to 14. He shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence. Precious shall their blood be in his sight. And when have these things happened? They haven't, have they? We've never lived in a time when the days, those days when the righteous flourish. In fact, frequently, religion generally has been the source of wars and still remains that, doesn't it? But there is a time when the righteous shall flourish and when the needy will be delivered and the poor as well. And that's the joy that we look forward to when he will set up that kingdom. And then one... Um, uh, one other verse in verse 16 a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains that speaks of a time of plenty not of shortage of food because there's not usually much food on the top of a mountain but at this time figuratively there will be plenty of it and verse 19 blessed be his glorious name forever and let the whole earth be filled with his glory that's the wonderful time and that's the joy we look forward to David pleaded with God at one time Psalm 51 when he had in fact committed uh, a great sin but as he was pleading for his forgiveness he said to him in the words of Psalm 51 he asked for um, to be restored to him this joy of his God's salvation. You see, he never actually forgot about it. Let's go to John chapter 16 as we try to bring some of our, our thoughts together. John chapter 16, and there we have in verses 20 to 22 uh, other words which help us in this respect. So John chapter 16 verses 20 to 22 verily verily and again we are um, looking at a place where Jesus is addressing his disciples um, and, and they were inquiring about one of the sayings that he had actually uh, said the saying was verse 16 a little while and ye shall not see me and again a little while and ye shall see me because I go to the Father. And they weren't quite sure of what that meant. So Jesus explained in verse 20, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she's in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she's delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish, for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice. And your joy no man taketh from you. They didn't understand. But what he was talking about is that he was going to go away. He was going to be crucified. But he was going to come back again. So he was saying you might have sorrow at the moment. But it will turn to joy. And he's saying the same things to us. We might find our life at times is difficult, but there is a great joy 
talked about that no joy, that your joy, no man taketh from you. And that's really what we're after, isn't it? All about those glorious times. There's also another passage which talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And there are several requirements that we should be displaying, and one of which is joy. The Christian life's a life of joy, founded in faith in Jesus, fulfillment of God's promises and plan and purpose. So one of my last references, let's have a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 19 and 20. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19 and 20. We read there, For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of, rejo of rejoicing? Margin says, glorying. Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? That's the joy that the Apostle Paul tells them. That's our hope as well our crown of rejoicing they all embrace this wonderful time and it's when those are found in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming that's the joy there is happiness we get from it now of course but it's an emotion if you like that we exude a great time when Jesus will be here it was joy that the Lord Jesus looked forward to he said in Hebrews, or it was recorded of him in Hebrews, uh, the, about the joy that was set before him. For that reason, he looked with hope. That wasn't joy, was it? Because he was crucified. But he could see beyond the fulfillment of what he had to do. And to him, that was the joy and the glory of the kingdom which he would come back to. And we can look forward to that glorious time of joy when he returns again. So our plea is that we read the scriptures, that we try to find out a little bit more of that wonderful joy that's there for every one of us. And that the Lord Jesus and his Heavenly Father can look on those that repent and devote their lives in service to him so they too can enjoy the joy of the kingdom. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.